Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hog Sports. Of course, you can always reach us at HAWGsports.com. It's been an amazing April for Arkansas sports. And whether you're talking about baseball, recruiting, basketball recruiting or football recruiting spring football has been really entertaining we're going to talk a lot about that at the start of the show as well as get into all the other stuff with recruiting with Danny West Curtis Wilkerson and the transfer portal it's going to be an exciting show today so we got plenty to get to let's get to it now Before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't followed us on Facebook, become one of 90,000 plus Razorback fans to follow the page. Also available on YouTube. We're up to close to 16,000 YouTube uh, followers on the Hog Sports channel. Uh, we'd love to have you subscribe there and interact with the video. Share it with somebody else if you think might like it. And also hit the notifications bell on YouTube so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Follow Hog Sports Live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify stitch or anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast but we would love for you to take a moment and leave us a five-star review on our podcast channels if you haven't done so already say something nice about the show let others know what to expect share it with your papaw he doesn't know about it he doesn't know he's not an internet guy he doesn't know about podcasts show him the show if he's a big razorback fan he's going to enjoy it and you know he will all right everybody where to start today Hog Sports, by the way, is just $1 right now for your first month if you want to give us a try. It's been an exciting time. Now, just looking ahead before we get into too much, looking ahead, you've got the Woo Pig, Woo, Woo Pig Weekend on tap coming up. This was released from, from Arkansas Communications. You've got – so starting Friday, April 14th, you've got – not everybody's into tennis or softball or stuff, but yeah, it's a good opportunity to go check out some of these things. Softball games have been uh, very entertaining, obviously. Volleyball, uh, so you've got men's tennis at 5, softball at 6, 6.30, you've got volleyball versus Missouri State and Barnhill Arena, free admission, free admission for tennis, and then baseball versus Tennessee at Baumwalker Stadium at 7 o'clock. 
what an exciting weekend. You couldn't ask for a better weekend considering everything else that's going because we've also got the red-white game. Saturday, April 15th, 10 o'clock, Hogtown pregame party begins in lot 44, free admission. Then you got the red-white spring game at noon in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Free admission. What a great weekend. Bring your kids. Family weekend. I mean, spend some time in Fayetteville if you're up here in northwest Arkansas. Uh, I know a lot of people, obviously – there's a lot going on in Little Rock, and I say amazing April in Arkansas. I mean, obviously, I'm talking about Razorback sports here, and we're certainly thinking about all you guys still dealing with all the ramifications from tornadoes, uh, just a, an awful tragedy in this state. Um, but if you want to get away for a little bit, it's a good weekend. Um, 3 o'clock, softball versus UAB in Bogle Park. 6 o'clock, baseball game 2 versus Tennessee in Baumwalker Stadium. And if you want to stick around Sunday, you got tennis versus Tennessee at the Billingsley Tennis Center, free admission, softball versus UAB at 1, and then, of course, wrapping up the series against Tennessee. I know that's probably what most people are interested in uh, in Baumwalker Stadium. So a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Hopefully it will be nice weather. I haven't seen anything to indicate it's going to be awful weather. I saw a little bit of a chance of rain for Saturday, but that's, again, a forecast extended that far is almost worthless. Sorry, Dan. (laughs) Uh, Arkansas coming off of a 2-1 series win at Ole Miss, 11-2 on April 7th. Doubleheader, 7-4 in the next game, and then uh, one on Saturday, 6-4. Up next is uh, just Little Rock, calling herself Little Rock now. Little Rock – Uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday before that three-game series against Tennessee. For your SEC West leading – SEC West division leading Razorbacks. Eight and four in conference right now. It's a game ahead of LSU. 25 and six overall. 20 and two at home and three and three on the road for the Razorback baseball program. Y'all want to talk football? Let's talk football first, then we'll get to Danny, and then we'll wrap things up with Curtis. Talk uh, football recruiting, obviously, with Danny. There's been a lot of visitors coming in and a lot of schedule to come in. And, and basketball, obviously, has been pretty wild right now already with things going on with the transfer portal. Where to start, really? Let's look at uh, – let's see. Let's look at how things went. So this was actually a bit of a surprise. We were able to watch the entire practice on Saturday. It was inside the stadium, second practice in the stadium. wasn't a full scrimmage, but they ran, at least in the time that I was able to watch, 80 plays. Okay, 78 plays is what I had them at. They ran a few more as I was leaving the stadium. I had to leave early because the Zoom was immediately following, so I had to rush home. It takes me like 13 minutes to get home. I had to rush home, uh, get ready for the, the Zoom press conferences following the scrimmage. So uh, I would estimate they ran about 100 plays because there was about eight minutes or so left on the clock uh, when I was out of the stadium and they were working on some low red zone stuff. Uh, but they got in team. It was thud up. Thud up an early whistle, probably depending on who the guy is. Rocket Sanders not getting thud up too much. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a pretty physical scrimmage overall. Uh, I had – now they did – they did you know, they didn't ever do move the ball up and down the field. They were doing like situational first downs, third downs, red zone, low red zone. Uh, they also had a, a period of time where they did nine versus nine or, or you know, kind of like half line, but – they would basically have two offensive linemen take a knee, two defensive linemen take a knee, and everybody else would go. I think the reason they do that is so, you know, in a game, like you run a series and you go to the sideline, you rest, and you come back in, you go to the game. It's especially harder on the big guys. I think it's an opportunity for them to, you know, take a rest and let everybody else continue to go full speed. I think that's why they do that. They, they did that for a few plays in there. Uh, but, 
that I included all that in in the stats that I recorded, and these are very rough. I mean, it's an early whistle, it's non-tackle. I'm field level for almost all of it, and so like getting an accurate yardage. So just keep that in mind, especially for the rushing, because you take away any possibility of breaking a tackle with an early whistle. I had KJ Jefferson ten of seventeen, fifty-eight point eight percent for one hundred fifty-seven yards with the touchdown. I've broken down every play, every every yardage, um, play by play stats broken it down into every single category you can check it out on hog sports again h-a-w-g sports.com it's the website part of the 24 7 sports network jacoby criswell had a nice day 11 of 1535 yards two touchdowns i feel like kate uh like jacoby is starting to maybe take over the reins a little bit there uh with the second team i feel like he's starting to kind of separate himself a little bit which we you know, if you're a Razorback fan, you hope to see that. You expected to see that. A guy coming in from North Carolina, former four-star, backing up. You know, two guys that – one guy that's in the NFL and another guy that's going to be in the NFL. You'd expect them to come in. Cade Fortin, four of nine, 44.4%, 56 yards. And Malachi Singleton, six of eight for 61 yards. Excuse me, it's 75%. And uh, those were the only quarterbacks that got in. They didn't put in uh, uh, Riker or, uh, or Cade, so – or um, Cade Renfro. Uh, they didn't put them in. Obviously, Renfro's still dealing with the with the with the knee. Uh, I had Isaac Tesla with five catches for seventy two yards and a touchdown. And I'm getting to where I'm prepared to say that I think that Tesla is going to end up being their leading receiver this year. And I might go fo- so far to say leads in yardage and catches. I just think like I've been impressed with what I've seen with Isaiah Satania lately and Bryce Stevens too. But I think Isaiah to me has a little bit higher ceiling. Uh, he had a 22-yard tunnel screen catch and run where I don't think anybody touched and they blew the whistle. I, if they hadn't blown the whistle, I, I'm convinced he would have taken it 66 yards for a touchdown. Uh, but it was a 22-yard game where they blew the whistle. I don't think anybody ever touched him, just looked extremely quick. That was actually his only catch on the day. Um, but him and him and Tesla, I think, are starting to do some. Andrew Armstrong um, had three catches for 73 yards. One of them was a 42-yarder. I think – what happened on the 42-yarder, Jalen Braxton was covering him. And to me, it looked like he kind of lost sight of him. Uh, Criswell had a lot of time to scramble around and find and buy time. I think you run into scramble drill uh, at that point, and he went deep on him, and I think he just kind of lost his eyes, which happens with, with young defensive backs sometimes. So got to work on that, obviously. Uh, but, uh, you know, Armstrong's done some good things. Cameron Bibby, walk-on redshirt freshman, four catch for 62 yards, two touchdowns, had a great catch. Um, I, I don't think it was intended to be a back shoulder, but there were two defensive backs on him. He had to come back and get the ball right out of bounds. I was stand, having to be standing like right there watching it. Uh, it was a, a really incredible catch by Bibby. And uh, Tesla might have had the catch of the game. It was just during like, you know, I think past Skelly early in practice before they started running plays and stuff. But he goes up at the sideline and catches it, you know, like right at the tip of the ball like this. And never uses his other hand, never brings it into his body, just catches it two feet in, out of bounds. Like, holding it like that the whole time. Nice hands. It was impressive. I think they put it up maybe on the Razorback Instagram account. Uh, I've got all the wide receiver stats, but obviously Tesla uh, was the standout. Uh, Raheem Sanders, nine carries for 44 yards. I mean, he didn't have a carry over 10 yards because, you know, they're going to blow the whistle early. These rushing stats are – I won't say worthless, but they're just not a good indicator 
Uh, Rashad DeBinion, three carries for 13. A.J. Green, two for seven. Got everybody else on there, obviously. But nobody had like a, a run over nine yards because uh, just real Batchert. No, he didn't have one either. Nobody had to run over nine yards just because of the early whistle. But I've got everything broken up, nice and neat. Um, got some big defensive plays that were made, and you can read all that on Hog Sports. Uh, they've uh, continued to experiment with the offensive line, rotating things around differently. Just looking at the uh, the breakdown of the depth chart, this is how it, it – Showed up on Saturday. You had KJ, Jacoby, Kate Fortin, Malachi Singleton in that order. This is like an order of appearance. They, they're they just mixing things up. And we're going to get to the offensive line because that's an area that we really need to discuss. But you had uh, Raheem Sanders, Rashad DeBinion, A.J. Green. They've really rotated those guys back and forth. It's been DeBinion or Green like every other day. They've switched those guys. So it, it definitely lends to the idea that they feel pretty similar about those two guys and their ability to help. Uh, running back's going to get a boost whenever Dominic Johnson's able to come back. He's one of the guys on the sidelines working, hitting a tractor tire with a hammer, doing the ropes, kind of like very CrossFit-style workouts over there with Ben Souders, the new strength coach. Um, but there's there's a healthy number of guys over there doing that kind of stuff right now is what you have you know what happens I, w- I would say right now with Raheem Sanders I would be done with any kind of live contact with him I would not let him scrimmage Saturday um, he's healthy you've got 11 practices under your belt with him and by the way they go so they'll go what Tuesday Thursday Friday Saturday so They have three practices in a row, basically, at the end of the week leading up to the red-white game. But I would be done with contact with Raheem Sanders. He's healthy. Let him go into the offseason healthy. Let him have a great offseason and uh, come back. I mean, you know what he can do. 1,400-yard rushing. What do you have, 278 receiving yards, something like that? Um, All right, come on. (laughs) He's good. And then you got Isaiah Augustave coming in also as another really highly touted running back. Wide receivers – I mentioned that I think it's starting to take shape with Isaac Tesla. Uh, Andrew Armstrong was the other starter on Saturday. And then Isaiah Satania. We've also seen Bryce Stevens start in that slot. We've seen Samuel Bakke uh, start quite a bit also at wide receiver. Uh, you also have, you know, you have to consider Tyrone Broden's not doing full contact. He's got a minor MCL sprain, non-surgical. Uh, but he's been out there practicing, but he's not going through, like, live contact stuff. But Broden's another guy to keep an eye on. Like, if you're talking about a potential deep threat guy, he might be he might end up being that guy. And don't forget about Jaden Wilson also. Jaden Wilson is, uh, you know, he was a guy that Sam Pittman couldn't quit talking about, and he's been injured also. So those are other guys to consider. For the guys that are out there right now, I think I would put Isaac Tesla at the top of the heap right now as far as this is the guy I'm looking for on third and ten. And this is the guy that's might develop into my go-to guy. I just see, I see Satania catching a lot of screen passes, and I've seen a lot of screen passes also. I'll tell you what else I've seen that a lot of people have asked about, and that is: Is Arkansas going to throw over the middle? If Saturday was any indication, absolutely. I would venture to say like half the half the throws were right over the middle of the field, whether it's a slant, a post, crossing pattern, what have you. A lot of throws right over the middle of the field. So, they're definitely going to attack the middle. I mean, they're not just doing that to do it. So, it's definitely an emphasis. Plenty of throws down the sideline, throws out to the flats, screen passes, all of those kind of things. But we're seeing a lot of stuff over the middle also. So, I I have had that question quite a bit. And uh, I wanted to make sure to to mention that because that's something that stood out to me in in the scrimmage on Saturday. 
Nathan Back, Luke has, Ty Washington. Luke has is not the starting tight end, but he is. Okay, he's not listed. He's never, like, really come out as the starter unless they've been, um, you know, in 12 personnel with two tight ends. But he's the starting tight end. Luke has, let's see his stats real quick if I got him here from the, from the scrimmage Saturday. I have to find him. All right. Luke has had three catches for 49 yards, 37-3 and nine yards. Um, easily the leading uh, tight end. You know, Nathan Bax, who is listed generally as the starter, one catch for minus one yards. Uh, Bax can do some things for you as a blocker. I'm not – like, he's not like a devastating blocker, but he's a he's the best blocking tight end that they have right now. Um, he's not going to do a whole lot for you, you know, as last season indicated, you know, as this scrimmage indicated. He's not going to do a whole lot for you in the passing game. Which is one reason I would like to see them go out and get a veteran tight end who can play the inline tight end spot, which I'm not really sure Luke has is going to fit that role at 6'3", 226. But go out and get a guy who's bigger who, okay, it's you know third and short or it's third and goal or whatever. Uh, this guy can help you move the pile, but he could also sneak out and catch a pass and be very reliable doing that. A veteran guy that's been in, in the college weight room for a while. That's what I think they're missing a little bit. Uh, Tyrus Washington – you know, has that a little bit, but he's to me also more kind of in the mold of Luke has more of a receiver type tight end. He's bigger than has is, but I'm talking about a guy that goes, you know, 260 plus 260 uh, that can catch a pass for you also. That's what I mean. And they have plenty of spots. We're talking about 77 guys on the roster right now on scholarship out of 85 they can have. You know, they need to get a couple of defensive linemen. They need a couple of safeties or defensive backs, depending on how they switch things around. I'd like to see them get another veteran linebacker. I think they're fine at defensive end, other than that. Uh, I'd like to see them add one more offensive lineman just to make sure to get the numbers right because they're at 14 scholarship guys. Make sure they get the numbers right there. Um, they're fine at running back. Quarterback's not an issue. Wide receiver isn't an issue anymore, uh, and get a tight end. All right? That's what I say right now. And that still leaves room for another. And they're going to have a guy or two probably enter the portal when it opens up next week. April 15th, the portal opens again. We've got two weeks of madness with the football portal open and basketball portal open. And, again, we'll get to Curtis Wilkerson in a little bit to talk about that. All right, back to some of these breakdowns. Where are we at? eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, where was I? We talking about position groups, weren't we? All right, so I went through wide receivers. We just talked tight ends. Offensive line. Offensive line starting to take shape, and I'll say this. What I think is going to happen is Patrick Kudis is going to be your starting right tackle, okay? And what I know about Sam Pittman is he's going to get center figured out. He's already got that figured out. Bo Limmer started every single day at center through 11 practices. But he's going to get his tackle spots figured out. That's going to be the excuse me, stomach. need to eat something. Uh, he's going to get his tackle spots figured out. All right. And based on the first scrimmage that was closed entirely to the public and media, based on what we heard from that and talking to people who were there, tackle is a bit of an issue right now. Okay. Uh, I think that they feel most comfortable with Devon Manuel at left tackle. I don't know that they feel totally comfortable that he's won that job yet. I still think that there's a potential for Brady Latham to bump out to left tackle from his starting left guard spot. I think that he's going to figure out left tackle and right tackle, and then he's going to worry about who fits in at guard. Okay, So it could be a case where you have two guys that have been working at guard for a good bit, and Kudis and Latham. And Kudis is a guy that they recruited to play tackle. Sam Pittman has said as much. Uh, but it could work out where you, those guys are playing tackle. And, I mean, when you think about some of the other players, their possibilities, uh, you know, to play guard who have also – you know, Takias Crawford. I think Takias Crawford is a guard. I kind of think that, you know, either a Marion Harris is a guard or he's not quite ready to play tackle. I think Andrew Chambly is definitely a tackle, but he probably needs to get a little stronger, cook a little bit longer before he's ready to go out there. But manual, I think it'll be manual or Latham at left tackle. Okay, if it, Latham is at left tackle, I'm not sure who the left guard is. It could be it could be Kudis, but I think Kudis is going to end up being the right tackle. Now, you have to keep in mind also for three practices, they've had Kudis at right tackle. And that's also because they want to give him every shot to win the right tackle spot. It's also, I think, because they weren't real encouraged coming away from the scrimmage about the right tackle spot. Now, part of that could be Landon Jackson, just an absolute beast, because he had a really good scrimmage. And But I think it's probably more likely, you know, somewhere in between that, you know, Landon's a beast, playing at full speed for the first time, playing at three-quarter speed last year after coming off the ACL. Um, but also think probably just some inexperience at tackle. And uh, I think it makes sense maybe to move Latham to left tackle. We'll see what uh, Cody Kennedy – I know he's worked every single combination he can think of so far. But, you know, Josh Braun, I think I feel better about him at right guard. I think – not that I felt bad. I just mean like feeling better about him being the guy at right guard like how things are shaking out. So I think it's going to end up being Patrick Kudis at right tackle, Josh Braun at right guard, Bo Limmer at center, left tackle, left guard, undecided, but Brady Latham in one of those spots. Okay, if he's Brady Latham at guard, then Devon Manuel at left tackle. If, if 
Brady Latham's at left tackle, then possibly, you know, possibly Takias Crawford at left guard. Maybe a Marion Harris. But I think those are the guys that are competing. I think you got like eight guys that are competing for starting jobs right now. Switching over to defense, uh, you know, defense, defensive end spot looks really good to me. Uh, I really like what we're seeing out of Landon Jackson right now. Uh, Trajan Jeffcoat, they call Tree, John Morgan, Zach Williams, Jashad Stewart. They've got a package getting all those guys on the field at the same time where you have Jashad Stewart, Landon Jackson at end, Trajan Jeffcoat and John Morgan at defensive tackle. That's like a third and long type of set, you know. Um, not bad. I mean, these. so just for uh, from a size perspective, you know, you got – obviously you don't want to have 273 – and uh, and 280 as your defensive tackles down after down. But in certain situations where you feel pretty confident they're going to throw the ball, it's not a bad combination to have on the interior. Get some nice quickness in there. Uh, and it's also maybe something that could alleviate a little bit their issues at defensive tackle at where you have, you know, Torian Carter, Eric Gregory, those guys most of the spring have been your starters. Uh, you've also got Marcus Miller. You've got Cam Ball, who has a, a ankle injury and has been out all spring – well, not all spring, but after the first, what, seven practices or something, six practices, uh, he's been out. And I know you look at it and you say, well, you know, they get him back and they'll be in a lot better shape at defensive tackle. But – Somebody gets banged up every single year. I mean, last year you had Torian Carter, who was out for the whole year with an ACL. Towards the end of the year, you had Eric Gregory, who was out, who was a defensive end at the time, but they were in more of a three-man front. Uh, but you had, you're going to have somebody get banged up, okay? And you can't just be like, you know, oh, it looks great when they're healthy. I mean, we made that mistake last year with the secondary. Secondary looked fine, especially safety. And this might be a strong suit. And then you lose Jalen Catalan, you lose Miles Slusher, Latavius Brini plays hurt all season long. Um you know, you have issues at cornerback with guys getting banged up, and you just you're moving guys around. It was just ended up being a disaster, a disaster so bad that they were last in the nation in pass defense. I don't think that's going to happen this year, though. I like what I see out of this defensive staff. I like the communication. I feel like on defense, it was almost like in, on Saturday, it's almost like they're being coached to over communicate, do it too much. You know, just so you get used to it. So. I like what I'm seeing from the defensive staff, the energy with them. Um, I like talk, what I'm hearing from the players, too. I mean, I know the players are always going to say generally good things, but you you learn to read body language, read between the lines about how these guys talk. Talking with Antonio Greer, you talk a guy uh, that's passionate and, and excited to be here and feels, you know, just, as he would say, just blessed to feel so welcome and not like treated like an outsider. Talking with a lot of these guys, you kind of get that vibe from them. I thought it was cool to be able to talk to Andrew Armstrong and Isaac Tesla also for the first time the other day. Let's talk Snacks Johnson. Snack Johnson's got some dog in him. I mean, that guy, he didn't want to give any props to any of the wide receivers. I thought that was pretty interesting. Snacks Johnson. So, Lorando Snacks Johnson. It's not an old nickname. Like, Nudie McLeathern was named Nudie from a child because he liked to run around naked, I guess, when he was a kid. So, they called him Nudie, and it stuck. Snacks Johnson was like a freshman at Baylor and brought some, like, hot Cheetos or something. And I think I think he said maybe he was a little pudgy. And so, they started calling him Snacks, and then he made it XX to add some swag at the end. He couldn't just be S N A C K S. <laughs> Snacks Johnson. Yeah, he's uh he didn't want to give any wide receiver props at all. Got to have guys like that, you know, guys that you can tell, you can just tell Antonio, 
um, Lorando, you can tell those guys, you know, they've got an edge to them, you know, just talking to them. Got to have those kind of guys on your team. Guys that are fighting for something. Not just for the team, but fighting for something personally. All right. So, need to go get a couple of defensive tackles. We've established that. I mean, I think just what I've said here, you can look at your, your, you know, your second team defensive interior, and it's Marcus Miller, who another guy's been – you talk about injuries. This guy has had injuries since high school. Praying for that guy to stay healthy for at least a year. Get, get some, you know – get some some reps I mean it's just been one thing after another with Marcus Miller but his 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 you know second team guy next to him is Kyle Thompson okay Kyle Thompson's done some good things he's a 6'3 267 pound redshirt freshman walk-on that's a second team defensive tackle nothing against Kyle Thompson but I'm just saying like when we're talking about guys you want to put in for the SEC you know what I'm talking about like you need to have Five, at least, guys you feel real good about on the defensive interior if you're running a four-man front. If not, you need to go to a three-man front. If not, you need to go back to a three-man front, which I think most of us are ready to see something else, right? So, got to find a couple more defensive tackles. Now, the good news is there will be guys available, and we'll talk to Danny about that. There will be guys available. Last year, you know, they got Terry Hampton very late. The portal system is different this year. They have portal windows now. They didn't used to have that, but they got Terry Hampton late last year. year before that, guy by the name of John Ridgway. That was a nice late addition. Looking at linebacker, uh, I think it's getting pretty well. I don't know about set, but Christopher Paul, Antonio Greer, the more I watch this linebacker core, I like them more and more. And I worry a little bit about the youth and inexperience overall. But Carson Dean's coming along as a true freshman. Jordan Crook looks really good. I, I think, you know, you talk about Antonio Greer, Jordan Crook, Chris Paul. You know, you could have, which they've done in the past, a three-man rotation. You know, they they did that with uh, Bumper Pool. Um Drew Morgan and um, and um, Henry. I'm, I don't want to say Hunter. I don't want to say Hudson. I want to say why am I not remember? I'm looking at. It, I can see his face right now, and I can't remember which H he is. But anyway, um, you know they had a good rotation, and those guys are getting banged up and stuff. You'd like to have four, obviously. You'd like to have as many as you can that you feel good about rotating in there, but. Uh, I, I like that group, and I look at the schedule also, and I'm thinking, okay, there's first three games here. Maybe that's an opportunity for them to get acclimated. I think the first three games set up pretty well schedule-wise before you jump into SEC play. So maybe three games to get these guys feet a little bit more wet. But Crook played, you know, and Manny Powell too, guys. I'll say this about uh, Manny Powell. That guy will pop you. Like There were a couple of times, just, I mean, it's thud up. It's not tackle the ground, but he'd come in and pop somebody, and they go six yards backwards. You know, he was – he was bringing some wood with him. And, you know, he's another guy that looks really good physically. I'd say Manny Powell, Jordan Crook, Antonio Greer, uh, Carson Dean, Chris Paul are the guys that would probably stand out to me the most at linebacker right now. Safety. A little worried about safety. Now, the thing is I feel pretty good about where they are with cornerback, Okay. And if they're good at cornerback, then maybe they can shift some thing around. You just need better numbers. You've got to have, you've got to have, you know, probably like 18 defensive backs on your team if you want to run, you know, 
five defensive backs out there and have, you know, an extra guy at every spot, you know, you have, um, you know, with five, five and 18. So you have an extra safety, an extra corner and an extra nickel beyond that. So probably like 18 defensive backs. The good news is this day and age, they all kind of look more and more the same. You know, they're all six foot plus. They're all, you know, 180 pounds to 205, something like that. You don't see a whole lot of 215 safeties anymore. I know I'm repeating myself on that from probably last week, but uh, you can mix some guys around. So maybe you have um, Jaheim Singletary. Maybe you have him move to a different spot. Lorando Johnson, I'll tell you what I liked about Lorando Johnson. You know, asked about playing nickelback and stuff. I don't have a football. I don't have a position. I'm, I'm a football player. So, okay. I like that. I like that attitude. Maybe try, maybe try him at safety. He's tried nickel. He's worked at corner. I mean, looking at it right now, you've got – so, at cornerback, you've got Lorando Johnson, Ladarius Bishop, Dwight McLaughlin, Jalen Braxton, and you got Jaheim Singletary coming in. Okay? To me, that's about the number you want, but at the same time, you got to worry about safety. And at nickelback – I think that Al Walcott will come in when he gets healthy. Al Walcott's going to come in and take that nickelback spot. And you also have Jalen Lewis there who can give you a different, more of a cornerback style look there if you need that for depending on the offense that you're playing. So, you know, I think you're okay there. And then you've worked, you know, Hudson Clark has worked there. Lorando Johnson's worked there. So you had some other guys that have worked uh, nickel if it comes down to, to something there. I just worry a little bit about the safety position. You know, Hudson Clark is a quality player. I don't know if I would put him in the category of a difference maker, and you need a difference maker back there. Uh, Jaden Johnson, you know, if we were coming off Jaden Johnson's freshman year, I'd say this guy's got a lot of promise. I just felt like last year he took a bit of a step back. T.J. Metcalf, I don't trust freshman safeties. I just don't. I think the guy's got a ton of ability and a ton of potential. I just don't trust the last line of defense, a guy that can get tricked easily because he hasn't seen everything out there. Nothing against him. I think he's got a world of ability. I'm just saying it's hard to trust reliably a freshman safety. I think they need to go to the transfer portal. I think they need to bring in a guy or two that's a defensive back, basically. And preferably play safety because otherwise you're just moving guys around. That's what I think. It would be nice to find a difference maker safety. There's an opening, a job opening. You just post it somewhere. Hey, you can look. We need this position. You know, that's what I would do if I was Arkansas. Uh, kicker, Cam Little, punter, Max Fletcher, long snapper, Eli Stein, and holder, Max Fletcher. Those jobs are not up for debate right now. Uh, I haven't seen anything from any of the walk-on punters. It would make me think they're going to challenge Max. He needs to get more consistent. He needs to um, – you know, he can check the ball up. He can boom the ball, but he can also – have a really bad punt. I've, I've seen it plenty of times. I thought they had a punt period on Thursday that was just absolutely worthless. Um, one of the punters dropped a punt, picked it up, kicked it. I clocked it at 1.98 seconds. Uh, four drops by the return men. Uh, I think Dylan has dropped one. Bryce Stevens dropped one. And Chris Harris dropped two. Like, it's a 10-minute punt period, and you got a punter dropping one. You only had a couple of decent punts, and you had four drops. I mean – Got to do better there. Okay. I think I covered everything I wanted to cover there. And I do want to get to my man Danny West now. 
who's going to update us on the latest happenings with recruiting. For those of you who don't follow Danny West, you can follow him at Hog Sports. That's H-A-W-G sports.com. That's the website, part of the 24-7 Sports Network under the CBS Interactive Umbrella, under the umbrella of Paramount Global. But follow Danny at Danny West 247 on Twitter for all the recruiting news that you want. Hog Sports is just $1 for your first month, and if you want to read Danny's stuff and all the recruiting and portal information, then you need a VIP up, membership. Man? How's it going, Danny? It's going. Busy week, busy weekend. I'm excited for it. You know the title of today's show? Uh, big Recruiting Week? No, no, but no. that could have worked. It's uh, no. Amazing Arkansas April, because it really has been. I mean, I had a good time at the scrimmage. It wasn't really a scrimmage. It was non-tackle, but, you know. They ran 80-plus team plays, probably up to 100. Um, you know, the basketball portal stuff has been good, and we'll talk to Curtis after you. Uh, but football recruiting and, you know, the portal's about to open again. you got another week before two weeks of – what do you want to call it? Two weeks of what, Danny? Uh, hell. <laughs> That's where I figured you were probably going. Yeah. Um, no, it's going to be good. I'm excited about it, to be honest. Hey, it's the 45-day stretch that's a little much. Yeah, I, I mean, a I lot. can do anything for 15 days, you know, yeah. just about anything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so right now, Arkansas has five commitments, currently ranked 20th nationally on 24-7 sports and in the composite ranking. Kavion Henderson, a four-star defensive lineman out of Leeds, Alabama, number 161 overall prospect. Noriel White, athlete out of Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Look at these Mississippi and Alabama guys. Julius Pope, mm-hmm. a recent commitment. We'll talk about him. Juju Pope out of Batesville, Mississippi, another four-star. Uh, I don't think I said Noriel White's also a four-star. K.J. Jackson, who just committed out of Montgomery, Alabama, the quarterback in the class, uh, another four-star, and then Deion Stutz out of Memphis University School, who's a top 600 player nationally, another defensive lineman. Let's. Where do you want to start, Danny? I'll let you pick where you want to start. Let's go with Juju. Okay, let's, let's go Juju Pope. Yep. Yeah, he was first on Saturday. So, you know, it's the first time that I've ever seen the first four commitments, Trey, come from out of state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time, all four were defensive guys. That's probably also a first for me. Yeah. Granted, Braylon Russell was the first to commit. Obviously, he came off the board. So I'm counting Kavion Henderson as the first commitment, okay? So we'll caveat there. But, yeah, Juju, man, uh, big-time pickup. You mentioned Mississippi there. I, I just don't know what's going on. I, I have a feeling it's Marcus Woodson, though. Yeah. I mean, what a job he's done, man. I've never seen Arkansas go into Mississippi. And, you know, if you step back, man, and, and just kind of take a look at where the best players in the country come from, Arkansas starting to recruit that whole, not circle, but oval, really, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, even Mm -hmm. Florida, still in Texas, obviously. But I've never seen them hit that SEC circle so hard, and right now it's working for them. So got Juju. I just talked to Norreal White this morning. He said, I know I had a good Easter. How about you? Mm -hmm. You know, he was pretty fired up about this one. So uh, six foot, 195, can do it all. Uh, fun film to watch we're talking running back outside linebacker receiver safety and you know we see that a lot Trey here in the state too you get a kid like that you you play him everywhere you know I remember back in the day we had Tyrell Johnson that sucker played all over the field so probably the same type guy but if I had to guess probably going to be a hybrid could play outside linebacker going to need a little weight but maybe a nickel type uh for Juju Pope but seemed like he was really fired up uh earlier in March when he got up here for a visit and again you know Marcus Woodson man I can't say enough about him I was reading about another Mississippi kid on the FSU site this morning 
uh, Jarkobi Hobson. He's a 2025 already visited four star. I want to say he's top 50 in the country next year, top 100 anyway. And even he had, you know, in the article, they were talking about the importance of Marcus Woodson mm-hmm. for this Mississippi kid. And, and lo and behold, Woodson now at obvi- uh, Arkansas, obviously, he's trying to pull him to Fayetteville. So we'll see if that trend continues. It's, it's brand new territory for me. I've never seen Arkansas hit the uh, state of Mississippi like that. And good for them, man, because there is a lot of talent there. And typically it stays at, at home. You know, with Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or they leave for LSU, Bama, places like that. So, good start in Mississippi. Danny West joining us again. You can follow him at Danny West 24-7 on Twitter. He's the Hog Sports Recruiting Analyst. You can visit that site at hawgsports.com. Uh, Marcus Woodson from Moss Point, Mississippi. So, he's a he's a Mississippi native. But, uh, yeah, they're doing, they're doing tremendous work. Um, recruiting that state and you know mississippi is a a talent producer they're about the same size as arkansas right around three million people uh but they produce at such a high level there'd be there's 14 four-star players in that state how many in arkansas maybe four or five this year and it's a good year something like that it's a good year so it just you know it just shows you that they they just produce more talent uh the problem with mississippi for the mississippi schools is you know the two closest schools in the sec you know what they are danny Two closest, probably uh, Oxford and Starkville. No, you got one of them, Starkville and Tuscaloosa. Oh, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah other side of the. They're state not far line. away, so obviously Alabama's you know easy you know coming in and, and and picking targets out of there. For Arkansas, it's always been you know there's not a whole lot of teams that come in and and take players out of here. It happens you know one a year or something like that, maybe two. Yeah. Uh, it happens, but uh, you've got you know you got a little bit more, um, you know ease to uh a little, to, little bubble right a little, a little more bubble for for the guys that you have although you don't produce as much talent let's switch over to kj jackson it's eerie how similar these guys recruiting profiles are to kj jefferson uh, kj obviously was from mississippi north panola um and kj jackson did i say kj kj jefferson was from I, I'll, I'll mess that up just referring to both of them as kj yeah. Um, but K.J. Jackson is from Montgomery, Alabama, St. James School. Uh, both of them were like 6'3", 215 coming out of high school. Both of them were like kind of on the lower end, four-star recruit, like almost identical. Mm-hmm. And now K- yeah. this K.J. Jackson, I would say, is more of a thrower than K.J. Jefferson was. This mm-hmm. guy threw for well, well over 4,000 yards. And K.J. put up some pretty solid numbers. But K.J. Was not as polished as a passer That's as right. this guy is. Whereas KJ, as a runner, long strider, I remember thinking he was such a long strider coming out of high school, was definitely more accomplished as a runner, though KJ Jackson can also run pretty well. Yeah, I would agree with that assessment. And, you know, last uh, June, KJ Jackson came to camp, and I'll never forget this. Probably going to be one that I'll never forget. You know, we've all got a few recruiting stories like that, but I remember watching him throw that day, and I thought Kendall Brown is going to offer this guy surely, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it was that type of throwing performance, and uh, and lo and behold, they didn't. You know, I was a little bit surprised at the time. Not not saying anything about KB. He's got, uh, you know, at the time DJ Lagway. Walker White was, you know, still on board. It's, you know, still on the table for Mm -hmm. him at the time. So he had different options. So I don't blame him there. But I remember thinking I need to talk to this guy anyway, you know. So I walked over and and, uh, sure enough, ended up talking to him. And first thing he recognized is how mature he is. He's really polished in the interview, you know, smart kid. And, uh, you know, I could just tell, you know, he's feeling Arkansas the way he threw it that day. 
he told me last week after his visit, he said, it's just something about Arkansas, man. I, when I came up here and threw, I felt really comfortable, and that means a lot to a quarterback. And, you know, got him back on campus last Tuesday. I think he, he just felt really comfortable. And then, of course, it's the SEC factor. Now, I'm not saying that's, that's why he picked Arkansas over North Carolina, but you're talking about a, a kid from an SEC state, you know, not just an SEC state, but Alabama. You know, they probably know a thing or two about – what it means uh you know to kids down there so take nothing away from carolina man they've been really good under mac brown produced a lot of really good quarterbacks uh you know shoot that's kind of why you got jacoby on campus right now you know and carolina's been really good but in the end i think that sec meant a lot to him uh dan he knows obviously when he got here settled in he offered him and um, uh, he's a guy who helped produce and develop guys like Jalen Hurts and Tua, a left-handed guy, you know, in mm-hmm. Tua. So K.J. Jackson being left-handed, there was just a lot that added up there. And, man, these dominoes started to fall quickly, didn't they? I yeah. mean, you look up suddenly and Arkansas offered 15 in this class quarterbacks and 13 are off the table now. I mean, that's a lot for yeah. April 10th. So, yeah, I think you had to make a run at Aaron Nolan. You know, you'd be crazy not to. Got him on a two-day visit in, uh, I want to say, mid-March. And obviously he picked Ohio State over the weekend. So congrats to Air. But I think Arkansas ended up with a pretty good one here. I, I agree with you. Uh, Danny, switching over to this past weekend visitors, I know um, maybe the headline guy was, uh, uh, oh, the defensive car, uh, tackle Trill. Uh, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Trill Carter. Trill Carter. Carter. Uh, Yeah. um, But they had had plenty of visitors in. Obviously, for those who don't know, we're in, uh, you know, pretty busy recruiting time. You can have official visitors uh, come in until June 27th. So, um, and he was one of those. But uh, you had plenty of other visitors in town. Just uh, quickly run down maybe the, uh, the key things to watch there with the visitors that came in. Yeah, there were several. Uh, you know, going back to last Tuesday, Jaden Ball is a guy that I like out of Georgia, and I'm going to call him a running back. He's being recruited by Jimmy Smith, and and I don't know about you, Trey, but it just seems like Jimmy's kind of reached that status of, um, you know, just benefit of the doubt. He's going to find a good one. He's going to sign a good one. And I think Jaden Ball, uh, you know, scheduling already a, an official visit with Arkansas in June, that says a lot about where Arkansas is headed with him. And then this weekend, you look up at the running back spot. You're getting guys on campus again, like Nate Palmer out of Decatur, Texas. I forget which high school, forgive me. Uh, Braylon Russell will be back on hand. Heard from C.J. Brown, wide receiver from Bentonville this morning. He's coming back this weekend. I want to say that's going to be C.J.'s fourth 
visit here in about eight weeks or so. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, Grayson Wilson, we talk every week about Grayson, 2025 quarterback out of CAC. He'll be back this weekend. I want to say this is going to be visit number five, Trey, since January 21. So, I mean, you can do the math on that. That's that's shaping up there. So, I know you asked me about last week's visits. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm so uh, I'm past it already. You know what I mean? <laughs> I kind of flush them as soon as they get out of here and start to make a new list. But yeah, it should you. be a really good spring game week uh, uh, visit list. Jaden Allen, four-star corner, is coming back this weekend. Uh, uh, he's already set an official for June as well, June 2nd. Kobe Branham is a guy, Fort Smith Northside. Interior lineman 6'5", 320. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, I mentioned Nate Palmer, Tevis Metcalf, obviously T.J. Metcalf's younger brother. Been here several times, going to be back for the spring game as well. So a lot of guys there. It's it's April. You know, you hear me talk all the time that June and July are the, the really busy months for commitments. I'm not so sure they're going to slow this one down yet. I, I could see a few more popping pretty soon. Yeah, so it was a great title for the show, Amazing April. You nailed it, dude. Yeah, I, nail, I nailed it. Uh, quick guess, Danny, who do you think might be next to pop for uh, for Arkansas out of the high school ranks? All those guys I just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll uh, you know what? Let's go in state. And there's probably six, seven guys right now. I need to make a post on the board. Matter of fact, I'll list them all. But uh, Kobe Branham might be a safe pick. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in state guy. Just over the weekend, I'm kind of cheating here because he said within a month I would like to make a decision. I want to start focusing on my senior year and. Lo and behold, he schedules a, a trip to Arkansas for the spring game next week. Already been here a couple of times this offseason. So uh, you ask me, I'll probably go safe pick in-state guy, Kobe Branham. I like their chances there. All right, Danny. Appreciate you hopping on Got with it. us. Yes, sir. All right, See everybody. Ya. That's Danny West again. At Danny West 24-7. He's the Hog Sports Recruiting Analyst. And you can check out all his information at our website, hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. We're going to go over to Curtis Wilkerson now. Curtis, so Curtis uh, has been also very busy with uh, basketball recruiting, obviously, coming away from the NCAA tournament. The transfer portal opened the day after Selection Sunday, and Arkansas has been extremely busy, extremely busy with basketball. Hey, Trey. Hey, Curtis. Sorry for the late. I told you earlier, but uh, we ran a little bit long talking football, um, <laughs> <laughs> as, as we tend to do sometimes. Uh, Curtis, I just want to jump right into it with you. Obviously, this is transfer portal season for basketball. It has been wild. Guys leaving, guys, guys coming back. Um, let's just kind of overviewing it right now. You've got um, Mikel Mitchell has recently said he's entering uh, the portal. Uh, Nick Smith Jr. going to the NBA, Ricky Council going to the NBA. I'll say what's surprising to me is that all the guys that are coming back that are confirmed, Darren Ford coming back, Barry Dunning coming back, um, not Travel, Travon Brazil, that wasn't surprising because he's coming off the ACL injury. Jalen Graham is a, you know, not totally surprising, but a little bit. Joseph Pinion coming back. Um, and then you got Devo Davis on the fence. We're still awaiting announcements for Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh, Makai Mitchell. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot <laughs> right there just on your own roster. Uh, but then stepping outside of it, uh, bringing guys in and Arkansas has recently gotten some commitments out of the portal. 
Yeah, for sure. It's it's nice to see some uh, some clarity coming with the roster. It was kind of a unique situation for Arkansas to only have one guy, you know, in Kamani Johnson who was exhausting that eligibility. So mm-hmm. we're kind of in that day and age where literally everyone has some kind of decision to make. You know, it's it, it's kind of weird to see, you know, maybe a, a true freshman. We talk about guys like Ford and, and Pinion and Dunning. You know, they they almost have to come out and declare. You know, like hey. Um, I'm not transferring. Here's my statement. It's just kind of the uh, the nature of the beast nowadays. So I think it's a good thing, you know, for Arkansas to get some continuity going here. Uh, you know, I, I think that was something that impacted them at, at times last year, you know, only having two returners back on yeah. the roster. I, I think Musselman would prefer to have a little bit more of a blend there, and I, I think we're going to see that. You know, you mentioned Brazil. I think that's a huge one. Graham, uh, you know, a senior forward who's who's kind of, uh, you know, a guy who I think accepts the role that he's in. And, and you need those things. And, and you know, I think all three of those freshmen uh, are guys that can develop and, and have an increased role here moving forward. But, yeah, obviously, uh, portal season's a little bit wild. You know, it's uh, guys that we were talking about last week that, that Arkansas was hot on. There's a lot of smoke for. Some of them have faded and, and some new guys have emerged. But, you know, two really, I think, great additions so far. And, and Keon Minifield, you know, out of Washington, just an, an electric guard. You know, he's a guy who's going to have the ball in his hands. Kind of reminds me a little bit, uh, you know, of maybe a, a J.D. Note type in terms mm. of the way he can create. Um, maybe, guy, maybe a more you know, willing passer. <laughs> maybe, yeah, well, we hope so. I, <laughs> maybe a more willing passer, yeah. But, he, you know, he can handle the ball. It's hard to take that thing away from him. Uh, can create at all levels. And, and, you know, you mentioned his passing. Uh, he passes the ball, and uh, he doesn't turn it over. And so that's what you like to see. Arkansas turn it over a little bit more than, you know, years past this season. Uh, but he had the best uh, assist turnover ratio in the Pac-12 among freshmen. So uh, really nice addition there. And then, you know, obviously yesterday, Tremont Mark out of Houston, this is a, a major, major addition. I mean, we're talking about a guy here uh, who was a full-time starter for a team that was a number one seed in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. So uh, just an absolute winner, you know, proven experience. Kelvin Sampson's teams, man, they're tough. Uh, they really get after you on the defensive end. So, you know, when Arkansas watches this guy, I, I think they're going to be reminded, you know, maybe of a, I don't know, a little bit bigger version uh, of Devo Davis with the way he gets after it defensively. I think he's going to draw some of those tough assignments on the perimeter uh, and he can score it for you. He can get his way to the rim, knocks down that mid range jumper. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he had 26 and nine on Auburn in the NCAA tournament. So I think you'll take that, but yeah, a couple of really, really nice additions here to start things off. Curtis Wilkerson joining us again. You can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore uh, and read all of his transfer portal news at Hog Sports, H-A-W-G Sports.com. So this weekend with guys coming in for visits, um, Khalif Battle, a guy that I, I like a lot. Um, Jaden Daniels, did he – or excuse me, Jaden Taylor, did he make it in? And um, uh, Jameer Watkins also. Yeah, yep, all three of those guys made it in. Uh, you know, you mentioned Khalif Battle there. Uh, you know, you, you kind of start looking at the needs you know, and the things that Arkansas needs to add here to the roster – um, I think they need a guy who can go get one, right, and create a basket. Obviously, uh, people are going nuts wanting some three-point shooting, and, and this guy, you can kind of kill two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. He averaged nearly 18 a game uh, at Temple, one of the most pure scorers, I think, that's available in the transfer portal. And he made 77 threes at, at a pretty good percentage there. So, 
Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think Arkansas is in a really good spot there. It was interesting. You know, you mentioned Jameer Watkins. This is a guy from VCU, uh, a six seven forward, really athletic. He just kind of fits that mold of, of the type of guy that Musselman usually gets in the transfer portal. Uh, and they were high school teammates back at Trinity Catholic a few years ago. So uh, some intriguing connections there between those two guys. And, and then you mentioned Jaden Taylor. Uh, you know, is, <laughs> this is a guy from. Uh, from the Big East, who led Butler in scoring, you know, a six-four guard, uh, really, really talented player, another guy that can go and create some offense. So, uh, seeing a lot of guards and, and wings coming in for Arkansas here, uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I think some dominoes are going to start falling here pretty soon. Uh, you know, out of that group of three, I, I think Arkansas is is in really good shape to land at least one, maybe multiple of those guys here, rather, you know, sooner rather than later, but. Um, you know, from there, we'll, we'll kind of see what they need. I mean, people are looking at maybe a, do they need to add a, a big man? I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But it's just never a dull moment with Musselman in the portal. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about the guys that are that are coming back, the guys that are still on the fence, uh, and that could dictate a lot of where they go, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. We've got Tremont. Tre, is it Tremont or Tremont? Tremont. Tremont. you got Tremont Mark, uh, Kenyon Menefield. Uh, Bayfall coming in out of the high school ranks, five-star center out of uh, out of Denver, and then Layden Blocker also uh, coming in, five-star point guard. Uh, so, do you th- do you see anybody uh, else in particular coming in uh, for a visit? Maybe it's not scheduled, or maybe it's it's happening coming up. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think so. I, I would imagine they'll have a, a few more visitors in. It probably kind of depends on. You know when some of these guys make their their final decisions you know we're still waiting on a couple on you know potential stay or go nba type deals and, mm-hmm. and then obviously the visitors we just mentioned who, who might be looking to announce a decision here on where they want to go pretty soon so that'll impact needs a little bit um you know I, I think one to maybe keep an eye on is is tyler perry out of north texas the conference usa player of the year uh, i think he was visiting florida last weekend but he's got some ties to the area played some of his high school ball in springdale so uh, you know, a guy that has a good relationship with Ronnie Brewer, he's indicated that he'd like to come check things out. So uh, he would be one that I'd probably have my eyes on here pretty soon for a potential visit. Uh, and then from there, we'll see. You know, I, I think if they land, a, you know, a guard or two here from from this group that they've really been hot on lately, uh, then maybe the focus shifts a little bit towards big men. But it, it's really interesting. The front court is that one part. Uh, I'm still trying to kind of figure out, you know, mm-hmm. what they're doing here because you got some big time targets uh, who are making some decisions here pretty soon. And, and then after that, it gets a little bit thin in terms of uh, the potential options there. So that's probably the most intriguing part of this to me is up front. I mean, there's a lot of guys that you've outlined that they've contacted. They contact everybody, all 1,300 players yes. in, the, in the portal, basically. <laughs> um, would you say Battle, Khalif Battles, maybe the top guy left on the board for him? Or is there – in terms of like feeling like there's some actual traction happening? Yeah, I think right now, I mean, that's a guy that, that we're pretty zeroed in here on, you know, and maybe uh, maybe in terms of some commitment watch here pretty soon. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, again, just he really fits what they're looking for. I mean, he ranks number 12, you know, out of, out of like you said, over 1,300 players in the portal right now. And uh, Arkansas has been after him hard. It, you know, it sounds like that visit went really, really well and that he's closing in on decisions. So, you know, when you get to the point where you just get a, got a guy on campus and he's looking to make a decision that's usually – uh, a fairly good sign. So I, I would say he's definitely at the top of the list right now. All right, Curtis. Anything else you care to add before we let you loose? Oh, man, I think that about covers it. But, you know, I'll get off the phone here and, and check my, my texts and DMs, and I might mm-hmm. have some more. So that's just how it works during this time yep. of year. 
Never stops. All right, Curtis, appreciate you, brother. Yep, you got it. All right, everybody, that's Kurt Wilkerson. Again, at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. Uh, Curtis does a great job covering covering basketball, analyzing basketball, breaking it all down for you at Hog Sports. Let's see, do we have any questions? Oh, we got some questions. I'm going long today. I usually try to cut it off about 50 minutes or so. That's when the voice starts going, but we'll see what happens. Let's see if we got any interesting questions. Yeah, Jonathan Parker wanted Curtis to talk about everything that he talked about. Glad to see that. Josh Smith says, Trey, seems like our defense is getting much-needed boost from players and coaches. What's your take? I would agree. I like what I see from the from the coaches out there. I like seeing the communication with the players. I just think that there's a couple of spots here and there that they need to address. Again, I like corner. I like linebacker. I worry a little bit about the experience at linebacker, but I think the way the schedule shapes up of those first three games are going to be okay. Uh, I like where they're at at defensive end and want to see them add a couple of defensive tackles. But I like the recruiting that I'm seeing with the defensive staff. I like the way they interact with each other. Um, Marcus Woodson really stands out to me. Travis Williams does too in different ways. And Darren Wilson stands out. I mean, and of course, Deke Adams, it's nice to see another defensive line coach for the second year in a row because we've broken this down before. It has been a long time since Arkansas has had a second-year defensive line coach. A long time. I mean, you have to go back John Scott – to Kenny Ingram, to Derek LeBlanc, to Jermile Ashley, to Deke Adams. I think that's all of them, all one-year coaches. Not not John Scott. He was a two-year, two-year coach, I think. Uh, but he was, you know, obviously his last year was with Chad Morris, and then his first year was the last year under Bielema, I believe, if I remember that correctly. Jonathan Parker says, how many passes on third down behind the sticks? <laughs> I hear you. Josh Grubb says, what's happening with Johnson at running back? He's one of the guys on the side um, just doing reps, trying to get back healthy from the knee injury. Uh, I, he will be healthier sooner than he was last year. Because last year he got hurt in the bowl game. Uh, so it was, you know, a slower comeback when the season started. So I'm, I think you got to be hopeful that maybe he could be back by fall camp this year. Justin Williams says this Arkansas team is going to SEC dark horse this year. So, so many people are going to be sleeping on Arkansas football. They always are. Sometimes they should be sleeping and other times not. Um, with Arkansas football with KJ coming back and having solid running backs and beefing up the defense and the secondary. Now, if the offense can be comparable to what it was last year and the defense improves, then they got a chance to be pretty good. They got a chance to be pretty good. They should have won eight games last year at least. You know, they had trouble winning close games in the middle part of the season. They bookended, I guess, with Cincinnati winning a close game and then against Kansas winning a close game that never should have been close. But uh, they had trouble in the middle of the season winning close games, lost that Liberty game. Otherwise, they're, you know, an eight-win team. They're just one off the the pace from the year before. Uh, but having K.J. come back, obviously, is, is big. And if K.J. were to get banged up like he did last year, I think he'd feel a lot better about Jacoby Criswell because I do feel like Criswell – the way it's looking right now, you can kind of say, you know, this is probably the next guy in line after KJ's gone. Lauren Moore says, so they have, so they have, they said where the primary alignment on D is going to be 425. Yes, it'll be a 425. Isaac Riley says, I went to my first baseball game last weekend against Bama and it was so awesome. Hayden Henry, appreciate that, Christopher. I don't know. 
I'm probably going to get a phone call <laughs> from Henry because I forgot. But yeah, I mean, I was looking at his face. I just couldn't. So what happens when you name all your kids with an H? It gets starts getting confusing. I think Houston Nutt did that too with his kids. Named them all H's. Justin Williams says, Chris Paul and Suns are getting ready for a playoff run also. Yeah, I'm talking about the other Chris Paul. Cole Big Red Eddie says, what's up, Cole? What's up, Trey Biddy? You ready to beat this <laughs> beat Tennessee this weekend? It's, it's always an entertaining series just because of the dynamic with the coaches, Vitello and, and Dave Van Horn, obviously. Kingsley, last name I'm not going to try to produce, uh, try to announce, uh, try to pronounce that. Uh, has Clark's gained any weight this off season? Hudson, uh, he's gained a little bit, but he's still. I don't look at him and say like this is a you know big hulking safety or anything. I mean, I think he could add some more weight. Uh, it was apparent, you know, sometime in tackling. That's why I say like probably just need to go. You know, I, I think Hudson can obviously play for you and help you. Um, but you need difference makers in this conference. And you need one at, at least one in every level, you know. And they don't have that at safety right now. Is the spring game on TV? It's on TV. I can't remember what channel. I think it might be streaming. It's a SEC network or SEC network plus, but it is on TV. I think Aaron Murray and uh, Dave Neal are calling the game. So I know that. And they're – SEC network guys, so it'll be on one of the two. You will be able to watch it. Jimbo James Hamilton says, Anton, no, it's on TV. I think you typoed there. It's streaming only, says Dalton Adams. Okay, that makes sense. Justin Williams says, team's not going to underperform. Norman Hunt says, define underperform. Brian Malone says, not hearing or reading a lot about KJ is doing with the new offensive changes. What do you see? I noted that the other day. Glad you brought that up because I don't think I've written an article about KJ this spring. I don't think that Andrew Ellis has written an article about KJ this spring. And it's because, you know, he's kind of a known commodity. You know what you're getting in KJ. And, um, I mean, we've written some stuff about how the offense and how it could impact him a little bit. You know, he will line up under center more. You know, you see play action passes, RPO. Um, they go fast. They slow it down on offense. I see a lot of throws over the middle. I think where KJ is going to benefit the most having Dan Enos is in the technical aspects of throwing the ball. The guy averaged, or excuse me, completed 68% of his passes last year. It's a solid percentage rate, uh, completion rating. That's second all time in Arkansas history, only behind Felipe Franks, who recently did that. Um, so he's been – and I don't think anybody throws a deep ball much better than K.J. Jefferson, you know, on the college ranks. He throws a really nice deep ball. His shorter stuff has tended to be a little off the mark. I mean, you always want it same spot. You know, the receivers know where it's coming. And he has a tendency sometimes to nose down a ball a little wobbly on the spiral sometimes. And I think that's areas where Danny knows can help him. You know, K.J. did not come in as a, like a super polished passer. You know, he had a hitch in his throwing motion. They had to work through that. Um, they obviously corrected it. Uh, but he doesn't throw like just a whoosh, super tight spiral on, you know, the shorter stuff. Long ball is pretty pretty nice ball. Um, and that's where I think that Enos can polish him up a little bit. Remember, Brandon Allen, he was talked about a little bit as having a pro future. 
But nobody expected him to have the season that he had under Enos, and a lot of that is Dan Enos's teachings. So, you know, play calling, how is that going to work? You know, how the rhythm is going to be? Is it going to be better than Kendall Browse? We'll, we'll see. Uh, as far as a pure passer, uh, you know, teacher of quarterbacks, I think that Enos, you know, has a leg up on Browse in that category. And I'm not, like, downplaying Browse or anything. If the offense had done what it did last year, if they'd have been better at the goal line also, and the defense, if the defense had been better last year, then, you know, nobody would have a problem with Browse's offense. So, Jonathan Parker says, I can't remember to Catalan play as a true freshman. If not, who was the last true freshman to start at safety? So, Catalan played as a true freshman. He did not start. He redshirted. Uh, they did a poor job managing his red shirt. Like, they put him in for a couple of kneel-down plays against Ole Miss. Just a worthless game for him. He actually ended up having shoulder surgery as a freshman, and a lot of people thought he got hurt as a freshman, uh, but he didn't. He was already hurt, and he was playing through it, and uh, he just ran out of games to play, you know, with a few with a couple games left because they – I mean, they just – they did the same thing with Devin Bush. Devin Bush entered the transfer portal after four games and came back and then entered it again. But um, the last true freshman to start at safety, Miles Slusher, I felt like he played some at safety. I don't remember him starting or not, but um, Catalan did start a game the last game he played in. I believe he started. If he didn't, he came in and played the majority of the game. Lisa Hancock says, love your post and um, – yeah, I love you uh, reading our post, Lisa. Masters, congratulations, John Rom. I got my Bet Saracen app, and I put, I'm going to say I put a little bit of money on John Rom to be in the final group. Bet Saracen app is very well laid out and fun to fun to use. If you haven't downloaded it yet, it's it's worth taking a look at Bet Saracen. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Thanks to Danny West for hopping on with us, breaking down all the recruiting stuff. Thank you to all of you for for uh, for logging in and, and checking out the show. And thanks for consuming our concept, our content at Hog Sports. There's my voice starting to trick me a little bit. We've gone long, but uh, I really appreciate all you guys uh, checking us out at Hog Sports and uh, and watching Hog Sports Live, supporting the show uh, by reading our articles, our free stuff, and of course uh, our VIP subscribers who get the real in-depth stuff. If you are a diehard Razorback fan and you don't want to spend a dollar to check us out, I don't know what to tell you, but it's going to be worth it. And uh, the reason we offer it for a dollar is because we know we'll hook you. That's how we get you. So come in and check us out at Hog Sports, H-A-W-G Sports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network in partnership with CBS Interactive U.S. and, uh, of course, under the Paramount Global Umbrella. A lot of great features there, recruiting, team coverage. I mean, we cover it all at, at Hog Sports. All the, all the money sports, football, basketball, baseball um, at hogsports.com. All right, everybody. I think that's it. One dollar right now for your first month. I think we did the show. Went long. We went almost 70 minutes on this show. It's one of the longer ones. So we had a lot to cover. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.
Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. <laughs> 